Hello, we've saved you a seat. Welcome to Train Station at 8, a video game music podcast wherein we discuss a single song at length. Or, or hopefully not quite length if we're not feeling like it. This is episode 26, and this week we're going to be taking a look at Victory Lap from Mario Kart 64. And joining us to do so is fellow game music podcaster Brett Elston. Hello, Brett. How are you doing? Oh, hello. I'm doing good. So just tell us a bit about yourself and your uh, podcast here before we get going. Uh, yeah, I've uh, been doing the uh, game music podcast VG Empire for <laughs> almost three years now, um, where it's a pretty much a bi-weekly show where we I usually pick a brand or a series or franchise and kind of do as many of the songs from that series as I can and kind of take it through the years. Like if you do a Sonic episode, for example, we start in the Genesis and then kind of move chronologically through or Metroid, we did the same thing. Or then other times, uh, if a series is just so big, you kind of have to start breaking it up into pieces. So like Zelda, it was Zelda one through Ocarina and then Castlevania had four episodes in a row to kind of and even then that's barely enough for Castlevania but um, it's just a lot of fun uh, game music has been something that I've I don't know really stuck with me ever since I was a little kid and uh, mm-hmm. it, VG Empire kind of spun off from a daily uh, it was a game music of the day article I did back at Games Radar and I did that for a couple years and then I think at the time I was like, yeah, I really want to call this article VG Empire. And boss at the time was like, that doesn't make any sense. Don't do that. I was going to ask you the name <laughs> origin. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I don't know, but just because uh, I've always called it VGM, and when you know we were, uh, I don't know sometimes it's BGM or game music, but VGM yeah. was this um, common phrase we would use mm-hmm. as teenagers uh, when we would, you know, plug in our NESs and Super NESs to stereos, and then like hit record <laughs> on cassettes, and we'd record our own soundtracks that way. Um, right. And then when finally CDRs came around, then you could actually record CDs and make, um, you know mp3s and stuff um a friend of mine finally made a cd and he called it like vgm1 and vgm2 so that further cemented the phrase and then as i was sitting at my desk years later at radar just thinking like oh what would i call this thing and i'm thinking oh vgm and then for some reason empire was the first word that like flew off my you know mental thought process and i'm like okay yeah it's like a game music empire it's like this thing of like this place where all the game music lives and is celebrated and it's a big it's a big deal and and the logo has like buildings in it so that's kind of where it came from and then when you type it it constantly looks like you're misspelling vampire which i didn't realize until <laughs> uh, autocorrect and itunes kept trying to tell me that you're just releasing a podcast called vampire <laughs> yeah this stuff that really well, confused actually, everybody um VG Empire was the first video game music podcast I started listening to. In fact, it's kind of the podcast that informed me that hello, Steven, it was brother, a thing. I'm not that... introduced yet. Uh, oh, hello! <laughs> hey there, how I are you doing? Great, and also I am Brian, because I didn't introduce myself to you. No surprise, I'm back again. Yeah, I've tried, believe um, me. Yep, uh, but what was I saying? Oh yeah, VG Empire, first video game music podcast I listened to. Obviously an inspiration for Train Station at 8. Um, so I'm I'm very happy to finally have Brett on the show uh, at, at long last. We've been wanting to do yeah, this for a while. Absolutely. Nice. I mean, it's the video game music podcast world is actually surprisingly small. Um, mm-hmm. It's like just a few, but the ones that are out there maybe just are the ones that make them to the top. But they're really good quality. So yes, it is very. Uh, great yeah, I also uh, 
prior to mine, like, I, I mean, I'm sure there's others before, but I only really knew of Legacy Music Hour uh, that mm-hmm. Bryn Weinbach did. Um, and then we right. had him on the show for a Secret of Mana episode, and he's awesome and, like, super informed and knows exactly yeah. what he's talking about. Um, I'm, like, And I say that in a way, like, where I will, you know, kind of not quite bluff it, but I'm like, I have no musical background, no musical terminology. <laughs> uh, yeah. My research is usually stopped at, like, what I remember from being a teenager and reading. Like, <laughs> I, I do a little brushing up, but, like, I exactly. don't dive into it. And he's on the show, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, you know, we had a very similar. You really know Secret of Mana. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, we had a very similar experience. Whenever we invite uh, the Mar- the Mercado brothers onto our show, uh, that's a podcast mm-hmm. they run. Yes, Carl yes. and Will Brueggemann, and they're so knowledgeable both about music and game music in particular that we kind of just take a back seat and let them talk for however long the episode is, <laughs> and that goes pretty well. <laughs> Yeah, I would love, uh, if I had the time, I would love to do like a basic music theory class that's just like, just tell me some terms so when I say this, I don't go, oh, you know, it sounds like that, and I have to like sound it out. <laughs> that That is exactly what I uh, what I said when we had Kevin Van Ord um, from GameSpot on the show, right. and he said, well, you could, but maybe you shouldn't because you will never hear music in the same way again. You can't turn it off. <laughs> so that's true. Maybe we're all safer for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, it, I mean, ignorance is bliss, as they say. And mm-hmm. why shouldn't that? Uh, why shouldn't that apply here? Speaking of bliss, the song we chose this week is like pure happiness. In oh my gosh! Form. It. We'll be getting yeah, into so, that very soon. Oh, go for it. <laughs> But but before we do, I just have a yeah. quick we have a quick segment we go through here, which I just asked everyone, which I will do right now. What have you been listening to recently? It can be video game music or just anything else. But what kind of music have you been putting in your ears? Brett, why don't you go ahead and uh, um, hmm. actually, hmm, I'm trying to think if there's anything like there. There was some fan who linked me to there. They'd done a Mega Man X remix, and I think I tweeted it but I don't remember the name of the account or whatever, but it, it wasn't just Mega Man X. It was like this whole fan album of like, oh, this is a, yeah, it was this is a really good thing on SoundCloud. So I listened to that, that whole thing. and was like, this is great. And then promptly forgot everything about it. Um, <laughs> but that was good. But as far as like game soundtracks, I'd been like reacquainting myself with uh, Danganronpa and God Hand because of the most recent VG Empire. Um, but the thing I've like been listening to like over and over is on Spotify is the Peggle 2 soundtrack. And is I have no idea what the Peggle Two soundtrack even is. is. Just Ode so, to Joy. Um, so Peggle One was very much built around Ode to Joy, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then the the end game music, which I, I did an episode a while back about puzzle games, like the end game music was this very like loungy, really easy listening music, and I I don't know, it really spoke to me. So I I did an episode with that music in, but Peggle Two is like every every stage instead of ending with ode to joy it ends with some other public domain like big piece of oh. you know orchestra um things so like 1812 uh-huh. overture things like that um or whatever the overture is i think it's 1812 although it might be the war of 1812 ignorance is bliss yeah. <laughs> it probably yeah <laughs> ignorance is bliss let's go with that mantra continue uh the overture thing um but each one of them is uh is a different one but then the music the in-game music is like this similar kind of like instrumental loungy really easy listening thing but it starts like weaving in elements of that public domain song and you can kind of tell like oh that's what's going to happen when i finish the stage it's going to it's going to erupt in that
And so the whole time you're like, oh, that's cool. And then as you do better, it keeps adding layers and adds intensity to it. So uh, I forget what it is, but I think it's the second area. Like you start with Bjorn the unicorn again, but the second character I think is this like big, like, you know, mountain man kind of guy. I forget his name. But his music is my favorite in the game because it just keeps adding these layers. And then when there's only like three pegs left in the game or on the map, uh, the music really kicks up. And it just has this great, like, great acceleration as you move through the stage. And this, it's on Spotify. Uh, I'd re-encourage anyone to go check it out because it's one of those soundtracks that I did not expect myself to be listening to over and over again. So how does it handle the layers when listening to it on Spotify? So they basically... Um, well, it sort of ties into Mario Kart in a way. Uh, they kind of do it in a way that um, any any soundtrack with contextual music, so like Diddy Kong Racing had a lot of tracks where uh, the music would kind of change depending on where you were in the track. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like it, it would have this main theme, but then as you drove through this cave, it would do this, or if you drove through this area, it would do this. So on the CD soundtrack to Diddy Kong, which was in the shape of his head, um and wouldn't play in a lot of uh cd players at the time really um that's amazing yeah i gotta find images for that yeah the yoshi's yoshi's story cd and the Uh diddy kong racing cd are cds cut in the shape of their heads and oh uh, certain types of certain types of cd players won't play that because it's you know cds are balanced a certain way that's amazing um yeah but the diddy kong soundtrack it basically just it'll play the whole track and the same thing with Peggle. It plays the whole song. It just like kind of will introduce the next layer after the previous one has done its like two playthroughs where it'll play once, loop, here's the next layer, play once, loop, here's the next layer, play one, loop. Oh, so it okay. still sounds like the song is kind of moving through. Oh, right, yeah. So probably gets pretty long by the end. That's cool. Uh, that reminds you of how Knights does it. Yeah. All right, so has that been about what you've been listening to, or has there been anything else that stood out? Uh, and then, I mean, also just I've been really loving the Tropical Freeze, the Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Country soundtrack. It's yeah. been super great. Oh, that's super It's amazing. Good. Like, it's David Wise and, uh, uh, was it Kenji Yamamoto? Um, Kenji? I think it's Kenji Yamamoto. Uh, I actually, Metroid Prime. Yeah, I, I can't Yeah. Remember. So it's both of them collaborating on this soundtrack, and it's phenomenal. Every track is pretty is, – is, starts at pretty good and then gets to like this is sticker brush symphony level amazing and this is like amazing like tons of good stuff in there it's such a a wondrous feat that david wise came back to donkey kong just made a knockout soundtrack again and it it is one of those games where you're playing through the stage and then you die because you were standing still too long trying to listen to everything that was going on. Yeah, I definitely. It's, yeah, did it's that. pretty special. Um, I can't remember the name of the track. I could, I could try opening my iTunes actually and find it, but uh, there is some track that's like I did in the level. Like just stop because it was two things. It was like the the, the detail in the background. I was like, man, you can really see like a breeze and the, the leaves are blowing and this really good music is playing. I just stop to like man this is a really nice game like it's just put together very well it's pleasing to be here and play this it was kind of like uh sort of like retro's take on a rayman like a modern rayman legends type type hmm. game. I, I i wish i could remember specifically what the song was but i remember um stopping everything i was doing in that game it was some like mountainous almost himalayan level yeah and it was this whimsical grand symphony and i just i i had to listen to that over and over again 
I would yeah. love it if Nintendo started putting this stuff out on some kind of album release. Yeah, it's weird. Like, would... They had that period in the in the 90s where they were really good about it. Like they, um, like I said, they did Diddy Kong Country, they did Yoshi's Story, they did Killer Instinct 1 and 2, they did so many games in the, in the mid to late 90s, and then it just kind of stopped. Like, just completely stopped. So like when, when Metroid Prime came out, I'm like, yeah. this is amazing. Surely Nintendo of America will put out a and they didn't. So we had to import the uh, Japanese one, which is ironic considering the game was developed in America. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. And I, I am extremely happy. I'm probably going to mention this every other episode, but I f- have that soundtrack mm. now, and I'm yes. just so psyched about that. It's like my prize. Took some time. Uh, so physical release. Uh, I actually opened up my. Uh, iTunes. So the, the tracks, I think, for um, Tropical Freeze to check out are Busted by You and uh, I think uh, Alpine Incline. There's two versions. There's Alpine Incline and then Alpine Incline Mountain version. So, like, those three okay. are probably, like, the ones that stood out. But Busted by You, like, really, like, the, the first time I got to that stage, I was like, this is incredible. Which is such a stark difference from, at least from my perspective, on the first uh, Donkey Kong Country Returns, which was very much an underwhelming sound, from what I can remember. Um, yeah, nothing at least really, comparatively to the second. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed the music, but it was all kind of like relying on. I, it was so much of it was like reprises and like, yeah. oh, here's the here's that level one theme, but now with a jazz flute and now with a piano and. It's like, I do like it, but yeah, it didn't yeah, have this kind yeah. of like, I'm going to listen to this over and mm-hmm. over. Oh, I agree with that. Um, yeah, so any anything else stand out for you, or should we go on to the songs we have been listening to? Uh, you guys should uh, take okay. it away. Um, well, I have been getting back into Endless Fantasy from Anamanaguchi. Um, oh, super good. I, I do say... Because I did that last week. Oh, really? Well, that's nice. <laughs> yep. I guess Sorry. you need to that. I, it's I, all I listened listen to. You don't need to listen to it. I have listened to it before several times, yeah. but I'm doing it again. Um, I still I still stand that Meow is the best song in the album, um, and that's oh, saying a lot because good. every single song is fantastic. Every single one. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just, I love Planet. It's probably one of my favorites. Oh, I was listening to that in the car today. Which one? Yes. Planet? Ah, Yes. Yeah, um, I mean, I think that one is up there. I also really like John Hughes. It just has a, such a, um, oh, yeah. I don't know. It's one of those songs that you just can't put down. You want to loop it. Um, but yes, that's it. And what's kind of alarming is how many tracks there are on that yeah, album. Yeah, 22, and most of them are pretty lengthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, some are like five minutes long, yeah, if I remember. Yeah, they probably average around four. There's one interlude that's only a minute, but... Oh, there's a couple interludes that are about a minute, but yeah. Well, I mean, I, <laughs> I love how music. even though there are interludes, there's one song called "Everything Explodes" and then interludes yeah. still exploding though. <laughs> so they, they don't oh, give yeah, up just because it's interludes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, this is actually only the second Anamanaguchi album that I've owned, though. The first one was from the Scott Pilgrim Scott Pilgrim game. Um, yeah, that's so that's where I first heard of. Yeah. I should probably own more though, because these are really good. <laughs> so, I reckon yeah, Dawn Metropolis is really good. Oh, I've heard a few from that. I have heavily appreciated them. 
So that's actually uh, before back at Games Radar, we used uh, their song "Helix and Nebula" was uh, the intro to our podcast for like two or three years. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, I mean it's good podcast. I was going to say yeah, like choose any song can be a good podcast intro from this. The cool thing was like they're they are all super cool dudes and uh, the first time we started that show was two thousand eight and we were like we wanted to use that song and they were you know still fairly new on the scene at the time and uh, we were like oh, we should probably ask them right because that's what you should do right it's somebody's yeah. song right we should ask and like we email like oh hey do you mind if we use this intro for our podcast we are at this game site but we really love it and they the reply was just two words, and it was, ha, huh? sure. And then, <laughs> okay, so then we just took that and ran with it for like three or four, four years, and then I finally ran into them, because uh, at this point, I mean, I've gone to see them anytime they're within, you know, a reasonable car drive, but thankfully, being San Francisco, they come here every, you know, about once a year. <laughs> nice. um, it was funny, like, yeah, I'm like, you know, we did the show, and he's like, oh, man, and actually, and like, they remembered, and then we hung out and talked for a little bit, and uh, um, ran into them again a few times after that, but they're an amazing show and even if they're ever anywhere anywhere near you them and proto man are like the two acts that i'm like you will not be disappointed you need to go see anamanaguchi and you need to go see proto man it is unmissable if you like game music the idea of game music culture the idea of game music mattering to people like that is the that is the thing you must do that is that is super cool i really hope they come to either magfest or pax then or Pack South, that is. Yeah, Pack South. I'm not. I don't know. They've definitely done packs before, but it's usually Ooh. East or West. Yeah, I don't think they have much care for the South, but hey, we can hope. <laughs> have and uh, Brett, have you have you been to Magfest before? I haven't, and I've been invited like personally by so many people, and like told <laughs> to go and. Like, it, I really do of, want to go. Like, it's a thing I would love to do. It's just, it's always the timing. Yeah. It, it's definitely, we, we've never gone before. It's something we're going to try to carve out. Um, we're, we just kind of ask everyone at this point, are you going to MacBest? Are you going to MacBest? We're just trying to figure out how many it's almost always, podcasts. Yeah. Why yeah, aren't you yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's usually really the answer. Like, you haven't been yet? Okay, you need to go. You need to go. So we'll, yeah. we'll make it over there. I really I, hope. Yeah. I do feel pretty ridiculous being someone who's like, you know, self-identifies as a game music fan, but then is also known <laughs> as one. And then like, oh yeah, I'll see you at Magfest. I'm like, I've still never been. And they're just yeah. like, how how dare you? Well, you're making me feel a little better about it. Yeah. So that's the the silver lining in all this. Yeah, it's just uh, hard because usually it's it's always that week in January. So it's like I probably just got back from you know being on Christmas break. So getting time off after that is always really tough because it's like you just had a week and a half or whatever. Yep. I'm sure you have enough clout that they can probably move Magfest so you can attend. You just need to. Uh, yeah. Man, I you can always give. Um, uh, so let's see, what else, Stephen? Uh, I don't, I don't know. You know, stuff. I've been playing Mr. Pandaria. It's a terrible <laughs> response in a podcast. I'm a professional podcaster, guys. I'm just stuff. I don't know stuff. Um, no, I've been playing Mr. Pandaria World of Warcraft expansion finally, in love with everything about that, especially the music. Um, I can't wait to listen to the soundtrack on its own. I'm not having all those distracting, pretty vistas and pandas prancing about. Vistas? Uh, vistas, okay. Yeah, no, yeah, vistas. no. Vistas. Vista, Pandaria. 
Um, but other than that, it's kind of been the same thing I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, which is Radio Sega. I just, I get very addicted to that service. Oh, right. Have you heard of that, Brett? Uh, I don't think so. Radio Sega is a really cool community site where um, pretty much every Sega song in existence plays on an internet radio show. Oh, wow. um, occasionally they have live shows, but um, the ma- the main thing I'm there for is just an endless queue of Sega songs. And once you yeah. sign up, you can you can request it yourself. So I can just say, I want to listen to Amy's Big's theme, theme oh. song from Sonic Adventure followed by the Alpha Protocol theme. Wow. <laughs> and they will bow to my wishes. Wow. Wow. Yep, it's a beautiful. That's thing. neat. I still need to get into that. Um, I have been listening to some Sonic music outside of that, though, just because I listen to the Sonic Adventure soundtrack a lot. Oh, uh, hooray for that! Yeah, I still love that soundtrack, but I'm sure anyone listening at this point knows that about me. Have you been listening to Big's theme song from Sonic yeah, Adventure? Yeah, I have. Okay, good. The thing is, people, you know, Big the Cat is like this infamous character who ruined Sonic. He's like the Jar Jar Binks of video games um, mm-hmm. to a lot of people. But his theme song is fantastic. It has an amazing yeah. piano solo. Yeah, and, and guitar solo and just like what a weird bluesy vibe that you almost never hear in video games. So yeah, I mean, that and pluck. <laughs> yeah there you go huh. um oh, man, I bet i'm gonna be started <laughs> tim fallen secretly wrote big's theme song i bet that i come out maybe, I, I don't know that 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 <laughs> he's like, like why do i always get stuck with the worst things <laughs> i finally uh, get a big theme song and it's for big all right um and let's see oh yeah the other thing that i've been listening to is because i've been playing through the game um it's kind of an obscure one which is weird because it's zelda but I've been playing the original Four Swords, um, okay. which, you know, came out on like GBA in 2003 or something. It was like that multiplayer um, short, like little mini Zelda spinoff that came out with. Mm-hmm. And the music is really bad. Yeah. Whoa, it is. <laughs> yeah. It's like really simple and relies on strange instruments that are like these really kind of brash horns for some of the earlier songs and it's loopy and it's just not good music especially for a zelda game it's really out of place like though i don't typically like spin-offs doing this i would have almost preferred they just kind of played old zelda music like they did in four swords adventures and just relied on that because the stuff they made for this game was very very underwhelming right that's i i i I haven't played it in years that's i guess that's kind of disappointing i didn't really remember anything about the music but I mean, this is kind of off topic from the music, but are you enjoying the game? No, it's really boring in single player. Oh, man, I wish I wish we could play multiplayer. Yeah, yeah, that's a shame. I'm just getting through it because of my little challenge to play through all the Zelda games. So I'm like, OK, and here we go. Yes. <laughs> but the, the plus order. side is to get through a playthrough. It's looking like it'll take me like two or three hours. So, OK, super all right. Good luck with that. Uh, what, what else, though? What else have you been listening yeah, to? Yeah, that's about it. I haven't had a lot of time for oh. music lately, so Sonic Adventure and then that, like a lot of shuffle of stuff in my iPod, but nothing. Yeah. So we can go ahead and move on here to the main event. Mario Kart 64 is the game we are drawing from today. Um, it's a game, Stephen, that, like we've said, you and I don't have a lot of experience with. Um, not a ton. I've only played it a handful of times, and then it was in short bursts, and I never owned a copy. 
Yeah, but I mean, the only memory I have of this game is for some reason at one point I was waiting at a dentist's office and they had an N64. <laughs> and so I remember that too. Played a little bit of it there. I was probably like nine at the time. It was already kind of an old game. Um, Which maybe explains my less than fond memories with the game. <laughs> because you only remember playing it at the dentist. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah. the opposite reaction of most people. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good yeah, I can, I can see that um, leaving a negative taste uh, after so long. Exactly. Um, so what is your history benefit, Brett? Um, see, I mean... Oh, did we lose Brett? I don't know. But we lost him. Oh, he's back. Uh, he's sort of back. I think we're having weird Skype problems. He just seems to be cutting out entirely. So, Brett, if you can hear our voices, we cannot hear yours. Uh, Super Mario Kart, which <laughs> at the time I was probably 12 or 13 when the first one came out. Um, the idea of a spinoff was still kind of new. The idea of a kart racing game was pretty much kind of in, either invented or popularized with this game. So it was such a new thing entirely. And it being multiplayer and it having a battle mode and all this stuff, it just it all added up to make this game that like, I couldn't even calculate how many hours I spent playing it, and, and it sold millions of copies, and it was this hugely popular game, and it started a subgenre that kind of derailed the idea of a spinoff for like a decade, mm. so like, Crash yeah. gets one, and Shrek gets one, and like <laughs> just like anything, if it was for kids, oh, even like barely, like ostensibly for kids, it's a kart racing game now, why not? Um, and it all came from that, so then when... You know, Fun fact is that Jake Vert Kaufman actually did a remix for the Game Boy Advanced M&M official licensed kart racer. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I, it goes deep, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember I worked in uh, retail when that, when that came out, and I handed so many copies of that M&M's game out, man. Like, <laughs> oh, man. It was one of those, like, like, buy anything and get this game for free. Just please take them kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Buy this game um, and get this game for free with the game. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so then when MK64 like, first started coming out, like it came out, I think, in spring 97, uh, like February. Um, so it'd be more winter, I guess. But um, I think, I was saying this earlier, but like I feel like that's the first game I saw a clip of online because it was 97, it was probably, or seeing the clip meant it was probably 96, so I bet that was a 28.8 modem or maybe 32. Yeah, it took your monthly um, bandwidth cap to watch that trailer. Oh, yeah, I mean, it took, like, forever to just see this clip, and this is, like, N64.com, pre, pre-IGN, pre-anything, like, pre... Wow. Ugh, maybe GameFAQs was, I think, started in December 96, so... Like GameSpot? Ga- I don't know if they're around yet. I think so. Maybe. I can't mm-hmm. remember uh, GameSpot, but yeah. But basically, yeah. just... The idea of seeing a game in motion was this novelty and like the fact that it was Mario Kart, which was now mm-hmm. instead of this flat mode seven like thing that I already liked driving around to explore and see what was going on. It was this thing with hills and valleys and um, like visual effects and all these other cars on the screen. And like sometimes the cars would hop and bounce. So it looked like they actually, you know, that there was some kind of physics involved. And it just was this kind of mind blowing experience. So then when it came out, naturally, uh, uh, play a lot of it single player got really good at it and then i mean it escalated to this point where we had this like annual invitational on memorial day weekend where we'd all get around and play this <laughs> thing and like a big group of us and like have a tournament and then because i was the only one like playing it so much single player i would win every single year 
and they eventually banned me from the tournament because so <laughs> someone else someone else could win. But in the meantime, uh, it was just this huge, huge game, and I thought the music in it was actually pretty good. And this was one of those instances where Nintendo uh, they put out a it was like a greatest hits soundtrack. So it was one of those where it's not every track, but it's like yeah. a pretty good sampling. And I like breathlessly calling this electronics boutique um, before they all turned into game stops. Uh, and just like on the phone, I barely had a driver's license and like, just like <laughs> breathlessly, like I like can't even get the words. I'm like, I heard you had soundtracks to Mario Kart 64. Do you still have any? And they're like, yeah, we've got a <laughs> box full of them right here. I'm like, can you please save one for me? And they're like, it's, it's fine. They'll be here. And I like, I drove and screamed down the highway, go get the soundtrack. <laughs> and then didn't have a CD player in my car. Because it was the '90s, and cars, most of them were still stuck in the '80s, so no CD. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, get home, put it in, and just like yeah, and finally listening to the soundtrack. But I was so happy that the one track I wanted on it was the one I chose today, which is Victory Lap. That's that <laughs> is a cooler story than I thought we would get out of the song. That's yeah. yeah that uh, unfortunately, when I barely had a driver's license and I was about 16, breathlessly calling oh, a video no. game store for a new release, no. that was for Sonic the Hedgehog 2006. <laughs> oh my so, god. Oh. That, was, that broke <laughs> us for any optimism for upcoming games. Oh man, for, it's an important lesson to learn. Yeah, yeah. never <laughs> you get gotta learn it someday. Do not pre-order. Yeah. Just keep yeah. rein in your expectations. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> that's, that game uh, was... That was my 33, but it was the first one that I went to, like, as a salaried employee of, of a place. I'd always kind of, like, weaseled my way in the prior two years. And I was, like, walking around the show floor before it opens because I had an exhibitor badge. And I'm just, like, walking around, like, looking at, like, oh, cool, they're still setting up. And then I see the demos for Sonic the Hedgehog 06. And I'm like, oh, yep. cool, I'm just going to go and start. And then I didn't realize until after I'd, like, played through half the demo and was like, this is, this is really bad. Yeah. And like uh, yeah. this doesn't make any sense. And why is Silver's telekinetic thing weird? What is happening? <laughs> and then I realized like, oh crap, I'm not even supposed to be here because I'm technically a journalist and like you're not supposed to be playing the demos before like the show is open kind of thing. Uh-huh. And I'm like, now I'm scared to death because it's my first one there in an official capacity. I'm like, oh my god, they're gonna throw me out and revoke <laughs> my badge and I'm gonna All be over fired. Silver the Hedgehog. All over <laughs> Silver the Hedgehog. Oh, uh, uh, Sonic unfortunately, Six, you're saying Sonic 06 almost did even more damage than it already did uh, in my mind at the time I was like this is yep. it man I just got here and it's already over uh, <laughs> but uh yeah uh, it all worked out I guess but that game had a pretty cool soundtrack or at least cool songs so fair enough I guess but uh, I mean, the, the happier news is even though I even though we paid $60 for Sonic 06 and even though we ha- we played Mario Kart 64 in a dentist office. In general, I love the Mario Kart series. I have many good memories playing the first one, um, and I have the utmost respect for the soundtrack of Mario Kart 64. And the song we are going to be choosing today is, in fact, my favorite out of the sound- whole soundtrack. So that's a good sign. Yeah, it's uh, it kind of floors me just because... So the way you get this track in the game is uh, yes. you, you beat 50cc, you beat 100cc... And then you get to 150 CC, um, and each time you finish, you get like this, you know, little small ending with the trophy 3D model like flying at you and going, "Great, you did it!" Um, <laughs> yep, very Mario Kart. So you beat all the cups in 50, all the cups in 100, and then I'm pretty sure that when you, 
I, I might be getting a little mixed up here, but I think what happens is you beat 150, and eventually you unlock all the reverse tracks, and they're all, you know, they're just mirror mirror images. Yep. Yep. Or, or you race them backwards. I can't remember which one it is, but you then race all of those, and then the ending that you finally get is the actual ending to the game with credits, and that's the song that plays this victory lap, and it's in a real sense of victory lap because you have you have gone through everything the game has, everything the game has to offer, and the song is this like insanely like uplifting, inspirational, like yeah, uh, like soaring, like orchestra, and it's just like this belongs in like an RPG or like some sort of motivational video, and the idea <laughs> that this is just the Mario Kart credits music is bonkers. That the song this good takes so much work to find and it's just playing over like flybys of a mario kart track right and even to put it in in more of a context when you win um the i guess the uh, circuit ordinarily like you said there's the you know pseudo 3d early in 64 trophy that gets shoved in your face and the song that pl- that's playing is this very dorky oh like yeah. you you win marching oh, no, band it's, it's kind of in my brain it's this It's just really goofy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's and to be fair, it's what you'd whole expect. Game, the whole soundtrack is pretty silly. It's very like bouncy and fun. And then uh, for a while, Rainbow Road was my favorite song because I'm like, okay, yep. this has a little bit of like uh, almost anxiety and and depth to it, where it sounds like okay, like for real, this is the last track. Like this is real. You're gonna fall off this thing constantly. This is a real challenge. The game is hard now. Um, yep deal with it and that was kind of cool that that song and it's a really long song so when you let it loop once and you think like okay that's the song it changes the instrumentation so it goes from like almost this pan flute like air wind instrument turns into Mm -hmm. a guitar but you have to listen to it for like two minutes to get to that point yeah (laughs) that that was a cool nuance that made it like my at the time favorite and then when i beat it and saw that victory lap i was just like it was one of those things, like, I think I probably called someone to tell them about it, and they're like, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, man. It, that's why we need video game music podcasts to now. That's what Twitter is for now. Oh, it, there you go. We, <laughs> someone will yeah. care. Whenever I get overexcited about video game music, I just tweet it. And even even if no one responds, I know someone, whether against their will or otherwise, saw it. <laughs> yeah. Someone knows I'm excited about Big's theme song. Yeah. <laughs> so... That's a lot better than I had down because I just had plays at credits to explain how you get the song. <laughs> As one who never played Mario Kart 64, I didn't realize how much work went into getting to the credits. Yeah, um, it's it's either it's either when you beat all the CC classes the first time, or, or right. it which is itself a fair amount of work. But I'm pretty sure there's some other layer like you have to do the tracks backwards or the tracks yeah. reversed, whatever 64 does. But the fact that that nugget was like hidden in there shows that even they thought that this was worth discovering because mm-hmm. it's yeah. buried. So I just thought that was super cool. Absolutely agreed. Uh, so it was composed by, I don't believe the whole soundtrack was composed by Kinta Nagata. Um, yeah. He also yeah. did 1080 snowboarding and looks like not that much else actually, which is interesting. No, he's actually done a ton of stuff. Really? Actually, um, his, 
his profile did not show very much stuff. What did you find? Well, let me just say that video game composers are notoriously poorly cataloged. All right. Um, so in general, I mean, there are some really good sources. Definitely. Yeah, I went to but, the VGMDB and there was almost nothing. That's weird because unless I'm horribly mistaken, he's done. Uh, he was like lead on Wind Waker. Am I wrong? I'm fairly uh, certain. He was. I mean, he. Uh, I know he worked with Koji Kondo on it. Uh, he didn't. I don't know if he like led led it or anything. He was definitely involved, and right. um, he's also done uh, more Mario Karts in the future. He did Mario Kart uh, Seven. I'm oh, pretty, pretty I, sure. Yeah, yeah. Mario Kart Double Dash. Um, and what I think is his greatest achievement is Animal Crossing. Yeah. He was largely responsible for the main uh, uh, hourly music in Animal Crossing. Oh, wow. Which is one of my favorite soundtracks This is a very ever. incomplete list then. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. This guy's done amazing stuff. Um, that's very cool. A lot of this stuff on the list are like weird compilations Nintendo put out that I never knew they did, such as Mario and Zelda Big Band Live. Oh, uh, yeah. I've heard of that before. I would like yeah, to listen to that. some of that on YouTube. Seems pretty neat. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Okay, so this guy actually has an accomplished history with, with Nintendo. I was wondering what he was doing until that time, so that, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Very cool. Yes. Uh, if he's done Animal Crossing, then he is already a friend of the show. Mm-hmm. And one really uh, cool fact is this might be slightly a myth. Um, I'm not 100% sure how verified it is. Okay. But during um, Double Dash, he gave the uh, kind of the lead role over to someone else whom he ended up marrying later on. Oh, wow. Um, and I just thought it was kind of cool that they met, like, during Double Dash, which is all about, you know, like, two people in the same cart. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that cute. was kind of neat. <laughs> yeah, that, is, that is a funny story that you may have just completely made up, Stephen, but I would respect <laughs> you for that. <laughs> all right, so with all that preamble out of the way, let's go ahead and play our track for today, Victory Lap from Mario Kart 64, composed by Kenta Nagata.
All right, that was Victory Lap for Mario Kart 64. So, guys, this is going to be a shorter episode. It was uh, more about the preamble than the song itself this time. So let's just go ahead and give some quick impressions about that song, what it means to you, why you think it's good. Um, you got anything for it, Brett? Um, I feel like I kind of went through my whole spiel. And I kind of sure. uh, I didn't save anything for afterwards. But, uh, I mean, just generally, like, thinking about it again, like, I just love that p- the piano notes, like, I mean, anytime you add like piano into a, into a, anything, it adds this extra layer of like thoughtfulness. And it, again, it's just so, so weird to hear that kind of that kind of sound come out of a Mario Kart game. Because after this, like I know Super Circuit exists, but I played it like I beat it once and then never touched it again, so I have like almost no memory of it. Uh, um, but yes. the next the next like big one is Double Dash, and the music to that is just this like like funhouse kaleidoscope yeah. <laughs> nonsense music that's like whatever um and the, the series never kind of really came back from that and then when you get to mario kart 8 it is this really accomplished really great like saturday night live live jazz band <laughs> thing going on uh yeah. but it never at least no track that i'm privy to had that kind of feeling again not that it's really suitable for mario kart but it was just mm-hmm. it was such a weird like extra surprise for doing all that work that it just it yeah it really sounds like the song itself was the reward, not so much yes. like being able to actually complete the task. Yeah, I think this tone was reached a couple other times. I think uh, Rainbow Road and Double Dash did something somewhat similar. Um, so I feel like maybe that's. I think maybe Rainbow Road and only... Double Dash is a. I think it's just a. It's like a reprise of the N64 one. Of the N64 Rainbow Road? I think, I think so. so. It may I, be, I don't know yeah. the Double Dash soundtrack well enough, but I'm pretty sure it's like it's that song again or some some version of it. Gotcha. Yeah, that was like my introduction to Rainbow Road music because of my aforementioned lack of history with um, yeah. Mario Kart 64. I but would, yeah, I would suggest uh, people to listen to the uh, the Super NES Rainbow Road. Is like it actually does the same thing. Like it is super weird and aggressive and and like. It's almost like uh, like otherworldly. It's just so mm-hmm. weird. It's such a weird song for for the tone of that game. And then there's Rainbow Road, which is like this is not a happy like silly goofy racing music. This is like all right, step up and if, if you can't be like the best Mario Kart player, you're gonna fly off this track every five seconds. Which is very mm-hmm. true. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I agree with you absolutely that the piano is a huge part of that song. Um, yeah. I think if I was like to distill the two things that are great about that song is just the melody they have and the piano playing it. Like, the other yeah. stuff is really cool, the guitar, the backing, the drums, and all that, but I think it's ancillary to what really makes that song stick. One thing that makes me believe that is there's an OC remix of this song, um, Day's End, that was made by Audix and Tweak. Mm. Uh, and That's it's a good song. an incredible song, and it plays both the melody and the backing with pianos. Uh, uh-huh. And that's like the element that really stick through, going for kind of even a more ethereal, nostalgic uh, feel for the song. And something I really yeah. love that they do is they play the main melody instead of higher than the backing. They play it like really low on the piano, and it works incredibly well. I think that illustrates why the song is so good. Like I said, it highlights some of its best points. Yes. Um, but and the thing that um, st- stuck with me the most was uh, the build-up. How it 
it slowly works up. They, when the when the chorus yeah. comes in, it's like, what is going on? <laughs> the chorus, the chorus, I think, is the moment where, like, as a 16-year-old, I'm like, I almost want to shed a tear. I'm like, oh, this is so good. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. And then, it, kind of to finish it off, it brings in that piano. One note just going done, 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 over and over again. Uh huh. Yeah. And it's like really good. It's something about it that just gets right into your soul. It's like yeah. it, very penetrating. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that'll about cover it for this episode. Um, a little lighter on the music analysis, but we're a little bit low on time, and that song kind of speaks for itself, honestly. Yes. So, yes. I, but yeah, I definitely recommend everyone checks that OC remix out as well if you enjoy that song at all, because I think I may even like it more than the original, but it's really ah. tough to say. Um, so, going into our outro here, Brett, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I was. Uh... It was fun being on, and like I, I was when he first mentioned it to me, like, man, how are we going to talk for almost an hour about one song? But then it's like, yeah, if you, re- if you really, uh, if you really stop and think about it, you can definitely really dissect a track um, and have a lot of thoughts about it. So this was really fun. Absolutely, it's 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 a fun format because it also allows you to talk about the game and the series yeah. and just you know kind of te- talk about the context around video, talk the hedgehog, all the important yeah. things. <laughs> so that's cool. I'm really glad you enjoyed it, and I, I always love having people on from other game music podcasts. So yes, it's yes, super for sure. Um, so where can people find you on this wide internet? <clears throat> uh, well, I mean, the main one is uh, vgempire.com is the, awesome. the website for, for the website uh, the website for the show. Um, <laughs> it's on iTunes, iTunes as well. Uh, VG yes. Empire's Twitter, and then I'm Brelston on Twitter as well. Um, Great. Those are the three easiest places to uh, game music wise interact with me. Awesome. And is uh, VG Empire on iTunes? Yes, it's on iTunes. Uh, you should just awesome. be able to search VG Empire. It'll it'll think you're typing vampire but if you stick with it uh great yeah so everyone check that out listen to a show leave reviews if you like it um really awesome uh steven where can people find us on the internet uh well twitter wise you want to go to transition at eight yep um website wise you want to go to whales or whales.com slash train station at eight all right and we're also active on facebook these days which you guessed it is train station at eight um, and both on Twitter and Facebook, you can engage in our song of the day, where Brian and I will post um, a completely random song that we happen to be listening to or thinking about. Um, yep. And we, we would encourage you to give us ideas for songs of the day, because we'd like to hear what you think, and it would help us, you know, not have to think of one every day. <laughs> uh, not that that's very hard. I have no, not really. It's actually, to go through. it's harder to just choose one, but yeah. it's, a, it's a really fun thing to do. Yeah. Um, and I would, I would love to hear people's opinions on the songs we choose. Yeah, that's super neat. If you want to find us personally on Twitter, I am Lord Meldor. That is M-E-L-D-O-R-R for that second part. Um, Stephen is uh, Stephen Kelly 180, which is way easier mm-hmm. to remember. You got it right on, this time. But whatever. <laughs> that I did. All right. And we are part of the Whales or Whales Network. So to find other shows like this with people like us, check out whalesorwhales.com. That will be a show. And uh, hope everyone enjoy this. And until next week, say goodbye to the Monkey Porter. <laughs>